Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. What's up, everybody? Dr. Barry here, your host of the Lunch and Learn, bringing you episode 69. And we're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be talking about who to go to, where to go to when you need help for depression. And this kind of, you know, piggybacks on very recent news on several high profile figures who committed suicide. And, you know, it always, especially in the social media world that I've uh, been following over the years, it's always begged the question, right? Like, like, who do you go to when you need help, right? Who do you go to when your mental health isn't up to par where you want it to be and you're feeling alone and you're feeling depressed and you're feeling sad, you're feeling scared, but there really doesn't seem to be an outlet uh, to go to, right? Like, again, when we see these things on social media, you know, a lot of people post, uh, you know, the suicide hotline numbers and mental hotline numbers and they plead, say, you know, get help from somewhere, seek a counselor, go to church, you know, there's all these different ways to try to, you know, seek help for uh, patients who, you know, need that uh, mental health care. Uh, But I think a lot of it kind of boils down to, especially in our world as a physician, right? Like, do your patients trust you enough uh, to come to you, right, when they're, you know, feeling down, right? And vice versa, right? Like, do you trust your doctor enough to tell them, when your mental health isn't where you want it to be, right? So again, this is going to be a very good episode, right? Again, it's very informal. We're going to be talking about depression. We're going to be giving some facts and figures because that's where, you know, I always like to start out, especially when it comes to context in regards to depression. And, you know, I want to, you know, ask some key questions, right? I I want you guys to kind of like think about it, right? Especially, again, I'm not talking to everyone who's only depressed, right? Even those who don't feel uh, that their mental health is an issue, right? Like, I want you to be able to confidently say why you don't feel that your mental health uh, is a problem at this time, right? So like always, uh, if you want the show notes, head over to drpierresblog.com forward slash LLP069 or just head over to lunchlearnpod.com and for today's show notes. And if you haven't had a chance, please check out episode 68 where we talked about colon cancer. We talked about very recent guidelines on who should be getting screened for colon cancer and for a lot of people's surprises i think i don't think people realize like how significant colon cancer was a problem especially here in the united states and you know being you know one of the top killers of uh in in regards to cancer uh here in the united states with the unfortunate caveat understanding that a majority of these patients could uh, be prevented right a lot of this could be prevented if we're just being screened and treated for yeah, but that, like our mental health lies the problem, right? A lot of people are being screened. A lot of people, if you can't be screened, you can't be treated, right? So uh, sit back, get ready for another amazing episode. Like always, uh, get ready to empower yourself for better health here on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. All right, so I think I would be remiss, right? If we didn't start off this, today's episode really focusing on suicide and kind of giving you guys context, right? Again, remember, I know with the Lunch and Learn community, right, you guys kind of like to know exactly where, you know, I am as a physician and, you know, some of the guests that we bring on, right? I know you want to kind of understand, you know, why we're so concerned about the topics we talk about, right? So, again, when we talk about this mental health, 
when we talk about depression, when we talk about suicide, right? Like I like to give you guys numbers so you can kind of understand why a person like me, right? You know, the, the medicine guy, the public health guy is extremely concerned, right? Anytime there's a medical problem, right, that dips into becoming a public health problem, you know, my, my antennas go up like tenfold, right? And suicide is definitely one of the problems that not only, again, I know it usually gets fanfare when it happens to someone in a high profile position, right? But we know and we are very aware that this is not just a high profile, you know, person issue, right? This is an issue that affects a lot of people, right? So I want to kind of give you some numbers, kind of give you some facts, right? When we talk about suicide, right? So and according to the CDC, right? I know a lot of you guys who maybe listen to Lunch Learn, hopefully you're not listening too hard, right? But I know a lot of you guys don't like this uh, next week, right? But CDC, right? The CDC talks about how suicide rates have rose, right? From since 1999, right? Suicide rates have rose in every single state, across every single age, right? Across every single race, right? Across every single ethnicity since 1999. The fact that, you know, you have some states where the rate of increase for suicide is ranging between 40 to 60 percent. Right. Like that's just absolutely mind boggling. Right. And it rose in every single state except one. Right. For some reason, Nevada, uh, it, they actually saw the decline, you know, over this time frame. Right. But every single but they're the outlier. Right. Every other state had a rise in suicide. Uh, numbers uh, during this time frame, right? Again, remember 1999 to 2016. And suicide has gone to the point where, again, it is a public health issue, right? Which I kind of I talked about in the beginning, right? We're of about 45,000 people committing suicide on a yearly basis. And unfortunately, that number continues to go up, right? There's actually more than the number of homicides that occur in that in the same year, right? This, those numbers, right, 45,000, right, just to give you that kind of context, makes suicide the 10th leading cause of death here in the United States, right? 10, right? Not high blood pressure, not heart disease, not stroke, not infection, suicide, right? And guess who's the, the you know, one of the, the largest population groups, right, where suicide seems to affect people the most? Those from the age 15 to 34. So again, this is a problem that is not just affecting everybody right because it is right but it's really affecting those those young population right and uh number one leading uh cause or method i should say uh suicide is firearms right so firearms seems to be the way to go for a lot of the data when we talk about you know over forty five thousand people committing suicide on a yearly basis right and again for uh, a lot of different reasons, right? There's financial, there's, uh, you know, economics, right? There's, you know, social, uh, sociological aspects of it, right? But there's a lot of different mental health concerns associated with suicide, right? So when you have, you know, an, an issue where you see three high profile figures, right, commit suicide, right? I think a lot of times, the reason why it gets so much fanfare is because for many of us, we seem to think that suicide only occurs to people who are, you know, not doing well financially, who are poor living in rural areas. So when you see like a person who is in a high profile position, who has money and, you know, economics is not the concern, right? It, it takes a lot of people back, right? Especially people who are outside of the, the mental health world, you know, the, the world of actually taking care of patients, right? It, you know, it takes people back, right? Because they, they sometimes can't seem to understand, like, what do you mean you have money, you have fame? Like, why would you commit suicide, right? So it's definitely something 
uh, you know, that plays a factor in why it gets a lot of, you know, media attention and fanfare when it does occur, right? Because I think there's still that sense of shock, right? That says like, hey, you know what? This person had everything going for them. They are running the business. You know, they're on TV. They made money and still they committed suicide, right? Still something uh, inside was not right to the point where they said, you know what? The only thing I can do is commit suicide because I don't want to do anything else, right? And I think that's, you know, that's where we kind of have to start with the conversation, right? Like, what does it mean, right, to want to get to the point where your mental health isn't adequate enough to want to live anymore, right? Like, when you say, you know what, you know, mentally I'm beat, mentally I'm down, mentally I'm alone, mentally I cannot do this anymore, right? So they commit suicide, right? And I think for a lot of the patients I've taken care of over the years, especially those who you know, primarily have you know, issues with depression and anxiety, you know, a lot of other mental health issues, right? And again, like I said, uh, not to say that all suicide is due to mental health, right? But a lot of it you know, is encompassed with it. When it comes to that point when you're thinking about, well, what can I do? What can I do to help, right? You know, you got to ask yourself, especially if you're the practitioner, right? If you're the physician, you're the counselor, right? You're the therapist, right? You're someone who, you know, people depend on you, right, to provide guidance. When you look at it and you say, here, like, my, my arms are open. Like, please come to me because I, I want to help you. But no one extends their hand, right? Like, what is missing, right? Like, what is this link uh, that seems to make, uh, like, this barrier, this wall in between those who want to help and those who need help, right? Because when we when we talk about suicide, when we talk about especially depression and you know mental health in general, right? A lot of patients who commit suicide don't have any documented, diagnosed mental health disorder, right? And again, that's why I want to stress that, like, yes, you know, suicide plays different factors, right? And you ha- you have to think, well, you know, if they're committed suicide, there has to be something. From the mental health standpoint that was lacking right like you think that right but uh, there's a good amount of people who commit suicide and no one knows right no one knows no one's ever diagnosed them uh, with a patient a lot of times it's a surprise uh, to many except sometimes their closest uh, you know family and friends right like they they had their suspicions they had their concerns but you know the, a phrase like i hear a lot is i didn't expect them to do it right like i didn't think they would do it so when you have this issue of you know committing suicide and not being able to I don't want, I don't want to say find the help right because what tends to happen right especially you know I've been on social media for like a while now right so what tends to happen with a lot of these social you know these these suicide you know high profile attention is that you'll see people posting you know suicide highlight numbers and depression highlight numbers and you know posting like hey you know what I, I provide services I provide services right so I, I don't think it's ever a case of not being able to provide services right for the most part right and I, I can tell you that I know there's outliers there's places where fortunately I'm in South Florida right where you know we have I think a great mental health uh, association here in Palm Beach County that, you know, really goes after and tries to seek out, uh, you know, those who need help, right? And and regardless of your socioeconomic status, right? So we have, you know, a great support system in that way, right? But I know that's not the case in other cities, right? I know that's not the case in other cities in Florida, right? So it's, again, I understand that, again, when I talked about it, every every state but Nevada, right, has seen rises in their suicide rates, right? So clearly, you know, there's deficiencies there. 
But when it comes to mental health and being, you know, treated for mental health, I think a lot of it, you know, starts within, right? You know, the question I asked in the beginning is, do you trust your doctor enough, right, to tell him you're depressed? Like, do you trust your doctor enough to tell him that you're anxious, right? Do you trust your doctor enough to tell him that you need help and you haven't gotten to the point where you can do it on your own, right? And for a lot of patients, right, a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of physical symptoms that are associated with depression, right, that a lot of us don't really catch on, right? Like, see, it just happens, right? So for many of us, we don't really put two and two together, right? But I've talked about this on, you know, past blog posts, and I want to just talk about some of the signs, right? Some of these warning symptoms. And we're right now, we're just talking about depression, right? Because again, when we talk about you know, suicide, right? You know, there is a, a there has to be a stance, right? Like I have to believe that there has to be, even for those people who are never diagnosed, right? There has to be a time frame where depression, you know, is key and is a huge issue of concern, right? So let's talk about some warning signs of depression, right? You know, feeling sad, feeling anxious, feeling empty, right? Like this is a mood that this person is in, right? For an extended period of time, you know, feeling of hopelessness, right? Again, for, you know, those who, you know, who need help, who aren't getting the help, right? Like they feel so alone and they feel hopeless, right? Like there's no one else that can help them. You know, there's feelings of guilt, worthlessness, right? Like they don't feel that they're worth anything, right? So they get to a point, especially when they're, you know, teetering on the edge of, you know, wanting to commit suicide where they don't feel like they'll be missed, right? And that's really one of the sad things, right? A lot of these times where, you know, I've had conversations with, you know, uh, friends of mine saying, and they said, well, you know, what do we do, right? Like, all these people are committing suicide. Like, what can we actually do, right? Like, is there any way to prevent it, right? And I say, honestly, no, right? And the reason I say no, right, is because in our society, we don't really do that good of enough job, right? Promoting mental health care, getting mental health care to the people who need it. So I, I think it's going to be very difficult, right, to, you know, try to heal and comfort those who 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 are suffering, right? Because we're not doing a good enough job getting the, the treatment to them. And as uh, so, so we'll go on more. So, you know, sometimes these patients feel have fatigue, right? They're feeling slowed down, they're decreased energy, right? And again, this isn't just a, you know, after a long day of work, right? This is a progressive feeling that gets worse over time. So it's just like cumulative effect, right? Some people have trouble sleeping or they're oversleeping, right? So they're trying to compensate where they don't want to get out of bed, right? They don't want to have to face the day ahead of them, right? Or those who went after facing the day ahead of them, right? They're so tired, right? Like, but they can't go to sleep, right? Because something in this head, their mind is racing and, you know, they have all of these thoughts and they never have a chance to kind of relax and cool down. And, and I think the most important thing, right, you know, this, the thoughts of death, right, the thoughts of suicide, a lot of suicide attempts, right? Again, we, I'm sorry, we talk about 45,000 committing suicide on a yearly basis, but there's a lot of people who attempt uh, suicide, but it, it doesn't go through, right? Fortunately, something happens where it, it's more of an attention grabber, right? Or something happens where, where they're just not successful, right? And again, imagine, right? Imagine, you know, having this feeling of hopelessness, right? Imagine having this feeling of, you know, worthlessness, right? And saying, you know, I'm to the point where I'm going to commit suicide. And even that doesn't happen, right? So even there, you have a sense of failure, right? Like you're in, I've, I've talked to patients who attempted suicide in the past and 
when, when I when I've asked them, you know, how did it feel afterwards? Right. A lot of them say they they feel sometimes they feel even worse because the the one thing that they set out to do they couldn't even do that. Right. So again, these are people who are crying for help, who need help, who need the support, and even at their last ditch effort, right, to try to regain some type of control, it wasn't there. So, you know, and those, again, those are just a few, a few signs and symptoms that, you know, it, it, not to say that you maybe experience it, right, but maybe you have a friend or a family member who you, you may pick up a couple of these things, right, and you kind of brush it off, right? You may pick up a couple of these things, right, and you say, yeah, you know what, they'll get over it. For a lot of people, we don't get over it, right? And when I, when I talked about how, you know, a, a lot of these people who commit suicide don't actually have a diagnosis, I think it's a lot of times they're just not being diagnosed, right? I have a thing in my office, right, where I have a patient who hasn't seen a doctor in years. And I'll ask them, hey, do you have any medical problems? And they'll say, nope. And my follow-up question is, oh, well, when's the last time you, you know, went to a doctor to see if you have any medical problems, right? Because it's easy not to have any medical problems if you don't actually see a doctor, right? You know, that's why, you know, I, I, I don't get surprised when all of a sudden now I'm telling you, hey, you got high blood pressure, you got high cholesterol, you got diabetes, because you've always had these medical problems, but you just never actually seek treatment for it. Same thing in the mental health world, right? You may have depression, you may be anxious, right? You may have these other mental health uh, concerns, right? Because you never actually sought help for it, right? Of course, there's no diagnosis to attach to, right? So I, I think from from that standpoint, right, like that's kind of where we get to it, right? And and I've talked about this before, right? Like majority of your patients are going to see your doctor. And when I say doctor, your, your family physician, your, your pediatrician, your internist, right? Majority of your patients are going to see, you know, you know, the entry level care from a, from a mental health standpoint before they see the mental health counselor, right? Before they see the therapist, before they see the, the psychologist, before they see the psychiatrist, right? Majority of people are going to see that front line first before they go and, and see those other ones, right? Before they get referred out to see someone with more of a specialized approach to it, right? Again, I think I'm fortunate, right? Like mental health has always been something that's kind of been driven, you know, in, in my, my household, right? Like you got to have your mental right, right? So when I used to take care of my patients, right? When I take care of my patients, it's always something that I'm concerned about. I'm always concerned about like, how is this patient's mental health being, right? But I can tell you that's not uh, common, right? Especially as a physician, right? A lot of physicians are not comfortable taking care of mental health, right? A lot of physicians are not comfortable asking these very tough questions, right? A lot of physicians are not comfortable being able to treat, uh, you know, a lot of these things, right? I used to have patients who came to see me and it was just for mental health counseling, right? Like they wouldn't go see a mental health counselor, right? They didn't want that bias placed upon them, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit. They didn't want to, you know, see that professional, right? But they had no problem seeing me for 20, 30 minutes, right? So I would book long appointments just for them to kind of talk out their issues, right? And and those in mental health world know, right? A lot of times you're not necessarily giving answers to say, do this, right? You're really trying to guide your patient, right? to, you know, come up with an answer themselves, right? Like you you want to steer them down the right path, right? But you, a lot of times you want your patient to come up with the answer on how they want to treat themselves, right? And you'll let them know like, hey, you know what? I think, you know, I think this route may be a little bit better than this route. And that's, that's usually from a, a counseling perspective, right? Again, we don't need to go into full detail here in that regards. But when you have, you know, issues with depression, anxiety, these mental health problems, right? And you have this 
I, I, I want to say the efficiency, right, in getting access to care, right? When you have this, you know, mental roadblock and getting to the people who can take care of you, right? Like those on our side, right, those on the petitioner side have to do more. And what happens is, you know, we, we unfortunately have to, you know, wait uh, for these opportunities, right? Like with the opportunity we have now, right? Like the opportunity I have on this podcast episode, right? To kind of talk about depression, to kind of talk about mental health, right? Because like I said, if I would have done this episode a couple of weeks ago, right, where no high profile figure committed suicide, right? It doesn't really hit home as strong as it does when I say, you know what? Uh, you know, Kate Spade committed suicide, right? Anthony uh, Burdine committed suicide, right? Like it, it, it hits a little bit home. It hits a little bit closer, right? Because now you can like put, you know, a face to a diagnosis, right? You could say, wow, like this person committed suicide and this person had a lot of stuff going for him, right? At least on the outside, right? And that's what's important uh, to understand, right? For your patients with mental health issues, right? On the outside, they put up a, an amazing wall. They put up an amazing wall where you're not 100% sure. What's, you just think everything is fine, right? And that's why it tends to shock a lot of friends and family members, right? Because on the outside, every time you see them, they're smiling, they're happy. They're, you know, it, nothing seems off, right? But on the inside, because on the inside, remember, I talked about this feeling of worthlessness, this feeling of guilt, right? On the inside, it's killing them. It's killing them inside slowly. They're not necessarily screaming for help, right? Because they usually don't, right? Like they they want to keep everything inside. But you need to be the one to really ask those questions, right? Like I said, putting up the, the phone number, right? Putting up a list of you know contacts to go to, right? That's great. But it's not as if those people couldn't have Googled those same numbers beforehand, right? You're going to have a couple people say, you know what? I see that number now. You know what? Let me call because I need to help. You're going to have some people who do that, but you're still going to have a lot of people who are like, yeah, I see that number, but, you know, that's not me, right? Like, I see the number and that's not something, you know, that that pertains uh, to me, right? And that's where, you know, we have to come in and really, you know, try to recognize it and really try to get it to the point where, we're, we're here to help, right? We have to tell our patients, right? We have to tell them we're here to help, right? Again, depression, one of the most common psychotic disorders in the general population, right? One of the most common psychotic disorders in the population, right? But when, if you label someone as being depressed, right? If you label someone as being anxious, right? If you label someone as being something other than quote unquote normal, you know, they, they almost, you know, you like hide in their shell, right? And they don't want that you know, that level of attachment associated with them, right? So that's where we have to come in and have to, especially as a practitioner, right? You have to ask these questions, right? You have to ask about family history, right? You have to recognize that, you know, if you're a female, you know, there's a, even though you may have a lot of things going on outside, right? Like you're going to be more prone to, and this is more of a hormonal issue, right? You're going to be more prone to concerns for depression, right? Childbirth, right? Like postpartum depression, that's something that's, a big right for you know those who are aware again if you're not aware i'm not sure how right but if you're aware of this superstar tennis player serena serena williams right she talked about uh postpartum depression right and how tough uh, that was for her right and again that goes right back to what i was saying you have a person in a position like serena williams is right you have a person who just gave birth to a beautiful baby and in a time when, you know, they should be the happiest in their life, right? They are severely depressed, right? And 
imagine how conflicting that is, right? Like you have a situation where you should be extremely happy, but you're sad. And if you tell someone you're sad, they're going to be like, what do you mean? You just had this baby. You had this healthy baby. Like, no, you can't be sad, right? So they, again, they revert. They keep to themselves, right? Uh, childhood trauma is another question. You know, you always have to think about, you know, just stressful life events is uh, something that, you know, you have to ask these questions, right? Again, I'm talking to my practitioners here, right? But, you know, if you're a lunch learning community member, right, and you're just like listening, right? Like these are things that, you know, we're looking for, right? When we're thinking about, you know what? I wonder if you're depressed, right? Like substance abuse, right? But there, uh, there has been some association associated with this opioid epidemic and suicide rates, right? Whereas, you know, a good amount of patients are committing suicide strictly because they're overdosing on these opioid medications, right, for various reasons, right? So, you know, it is interesting, right? It, it, it interesting, especially from a clinical perspective, right? Because the treatment varies in so many different ways. We, we talk about therapy. Yes, 100% you need therapy, right? But a lot of times, again, like I've said before, right, a lot of times it is some hormonal issues concern, right? So maybe you might need some medications too, right? And it's it's not far-fetched to need medications and therapy, right? It's not far-fetched to be able to be treated with just therapy, right? It's not far-fetched to be able to be treated with just medications, right? But as the practitioner, right, as a counselor, as a therapist, right, you have to be able to identify who's going to benefit off of what treatment, right? Because, again, these numbers uh, aren't lying, right? Again, from 1999 to 2016, right, every single state in the United States, right, has an increased rate of suicide, right? Like, so, again, so clearly it's something that we're not doing, right? It clearly is something that our lunch and learn community members and our patients are not doing, right? Clearly there's, uh, there's this wall, there's this invincible wall that we need to continue to break down. And if we have to use these opportunities... When a celebrity passes away, they say, hey, look, this celebrity just committed suicide, right? So please don't think uh, that you're the only one going through some of the issues you're going through, right? And, that, you know, that sometimes happens a lot, too, right? Again, I talked about this isolation-type isolation syndrome that some of these patients have, right? Where they feel like they're all alone, even if they have family support, right, around them, right? They feel like when they're dealing with their problems, their struggles, they're all alone. And because they're all alone, there's nothing and there's no one that can help them, right? And you have to be able to, like, reach out and say, like, hey, you know what? How are you doing, right? And again, some, I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, my uh, family, friends, and, you know, friends even on social media, right? You know, I was generally ask them, like, how are you doing, right? And again, I'm, I'm doing it in the sense that I understand that a lot of times we don't get asked that very often, right? It's, it's very interesting, especially now when I talk about social media, when I talk about, you know, communication and interaction uh, that occurs now that a lot of it is so, you know, hey, hey, and then you kind of keep it moving. But no one seems to, you know, I guess want to know, right? Like, how does a person do it, right? Like, how is this person doing it, right? Because maybe they don't want to have to deal with the answer that that patient or person might give them or that friend might give them or that family might give them. So I'm very keen on, you know, not only saying, hey, how are you doing? But, you know, uh, making sure I, I let them know that, hey, no, I really want to know how you're doing, right? Like, I'm not just asking, you know, just to reflexively ask you, right? Like, I really want to know how you're doing in this on this Monday, right? How you doing on this Friday, right? How you doing on this Sunday, right? Like, I, I want to know because I want to make sure you're in that right spot. And even if you're not ready to talk to me now, right? Like, even if you're not ready to, you know, say what's going on now, 
as long as you understand that I am always there, right, to, you know, listen, right? Because, again, a lot of times I try to tell us that we've had uh, episodes where I talked about, you know, how I don't want you guys being your family counselor, right? Because a lot of times you guys, you know, you don't listen, right? Uh, You just want to talk. Right. And for a patient who is in the position right where their mental health is already not where they want it to be. Right. The last thing they need is someone talking to them. Right. They just want people to listen. Right. They just want people to be able to understand, you know, what they're saying. Right. They just need a sounding board. Right. Like I've been a sounding board for a lot of people. Right. Where they just say, like, I got I got all this stuff going for me. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? And they say, you know, I don't need help. I just want you to know. I said, all right. And then I follow up, right? Because again, a lot of times they may not want the the help right then and there, right? They just maybe want to be able to get it off of their chest, right? And sometimes you got to be there just to get it off the chest, right? And not make a person feel bad, right? Sometimes you got to be there and be able to say like, hey, especially if you can handle it, right? Again, that's why I said, I talked about, I don't want you guys being no family counselor, right? especially if you can't handle it. And a lot of y'all really can't handle it, right? You know, leave this up to professionals, right? Like, leave it up to your counselors and your therapists and your physicians, right? Uh, especially the ones who can actually take care of it, right? A lot of you guys can't handle dealing with other people's burdens, right? Because you carry it on and, you know, it affects your day, right? So, and, you know, that's what these people who, you know, do this for a living, they're trained to do that, right? They're trained to take on someone's burden and then be able to still go about their day without letting that other person's burden weigh them down, right? without any sense of guilt, right? Because again, remember, these people already feel guilty, right? The people who are depressed, right? The people who, you know, someone who, you know, weighs you down, right? Like, that's the last thing they want to do, right? And so that's where, you know, we, we try to punch it home, right? We try to say, like, hey, whatever you say to me, right, will stay here with me. Whatever you say to me is, is going to be okay, and I want you to say it, right? Like, I want you to be open, right? Because I, I don't want you to have to wait till a celebrity passes away, right? I don't want you to have to wait till a celebrity commits suicide for you to say, you know what, I'm going to call this number, right? Because the number's already there, right? The number been there, right? The number didn't go anywhere. It's a quick Google search and boom, it pops up, right? So I don't want you to have to wait until you see this high profile figure commit suicide for you to want to seek some help, right? So I, I just hope, right? Like, especially, you know, an episode like this, right? Where it's a little bit somber, right? But it's important because I, I think a lot of times, you know, we... We, especially as a physician, right, and especially as a practitioner, right, those who seek to help people, right, we sometimes get kind of, you know, blinded by the fact, like, hey, I'm here to help, right, like, I'm here with open arms, right, but I don't understand why they're, in, or I don't understand why they're not coming to see me, and sometimes you have to go in their shoes, right, you have to understand, like, hey, you know what, I want to go see someone, right, but, like, I don't think uh, to the point where, you know what, we don't feel bad about want to go seek help right like where we don't feel bad about seeking treatment right where we like the the c word right and i hate the c word right because no one wants to be called crazy again i'm not sure why crazy has such a negative connotation but it does right no one wants to be seen as crazy right and it seems to be this crazy seems to be this umbrella that you get put under when you go to seek a therapist right like even if you're anxious, no, you're crazy, right? If you're depressed, no, you're crazy, right? If you're have bipolar disorder, no, you're right. If you're uh, schizophrenic, right, no, you're crazy, right? Like for some reason, that umbrella of being crazy has been attached to the mental health therapist, has been attached to the counselor, has been attached to the psychiatrist, has been attached to the psychologist, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you don't even want to speak to your primary care doctor 
because you don't want to be labeled as crazy and be funneled up uh, that pathway, right? So we're here to tell you here on the Lunch Learn, right, that you are not crazy when you want to get your mental health together, right? Just like you're not crazy when you want to get your weight together, right? Just like you're not crazy when you want to get your blood pressure together, right? Just like you're not crazy, right, when you want to get your diabetes in check, right? So mental health plays just a bigger role, right? Like if your mental health, and I've said this before on the podcast, right? If your mental health ain't right, your physical ain't right. Like that's just all in all be all, right? Your mental health not being right will affect your physical health, right? Will affect your lives, will affect how well I can control your blood pressure, right? It will affect how well I control your diabetes, right? It will affect how long I can control, how well I can control your weight, right? So don't brush it off and think just because you can't physically touch it, right? Uh, don't brush it off thinking that, you know, just because, you know, you, you may be very religious, right? And, uh, you know, being religious have, has been, you know, sometimes negative, negatively associated uh, with mental health, right? Like if I'm super religious, right? Like I shouldn't have any mental health issues, right? So I shouldn't seek help for mental health issues. We already know that's BS, right? So, you know, so don't let those big factors, right, stand in the way of, uh, taking care of yourself, right? Because like I said, the Kate Spades of the world, the Anthony Burdines of the world, when they commit suicide, you know, they're going to get fanfare. They're going to be on CNN. They're going to be on all these kinds of, you know, media outlets, right? Uh, but when one of your family members who may not be famous, who, you know, who may not have the, the socioeconomic status uh, of them, right, of these celebrities, right, when they commit suicide, you know, only you and the family is going to know, right? And that doesn't mean that the Kate Spades and the Anthony Burdines of the world should deserve treatment, but your family member shouldn't, right? Like, because that's farthest from the case, right? Like, everyone needs help. Everyone needs support. And uh, I reach out, especially as a practitioner, right? Like, I reach out, um, you know, as, you know, a, even a colleague, right? Like, I reach out and say, like, hey, if you ever need some help, right? Like, please don't hesitate, right? Like, if you're in the learning community, right? Like, if you ever need some assistance on trying to find someone to talk to, right? Go ahead. Feel free to DM me email me and instant message me fake whatever whichever social media platform you tend to follow me on uh you know never don't feel like you you, you know uh, like I, I stay in california dr barry can't help me right like i stay in new york dr barry can't help me right i stay in you know uh dc dr barry can't help me right like i promise you i will find you someone uh, wherever you're at right to get you uh, to where you need to be right because i don't want to hear you know i don't want to hear i don't want to read about something happening right where another family friend, right, commits suicide, right? I don't want to read about that, right? Like, especially when I know all of these resources that are out there, right? Like, again, I've been very fortunate with, you know, going through uh, the medicine and my wife being a mental health counselor uh, to this world of, you know, mental health, right? And, you know, this vast amount of people who are, like, dying to help people and they just can't find enough people to help, right? So that's my episode. Like I said, I ain't wanted I ain't wanted to be a somber one, right? But again, I think it's important, right? Like again, it's important to, you know, bring, you know, the the case when we talk about colon cancer, right? Like I think it's just as important when we talk about depression, right? And I want you to understand that, you know, you should uh, be able to trust your doctor enough, right, to tell him that you're uh, you're depressed and you're anxious and your mental health just isn't there, right? Like you should be able to trust him. If not, right, you got to find another doctor. So for that said, like I'm going to see you guys next week. You have a great and blessed day, and I mean it. Take me up on my offer, right? Again, if you haven't, if you're listening to this podcast, and you know you're having some some concerns, some doubts about yourself, and you know you don't like the way you're feeling, and you want to seek some help, right? Again, I may not be able to help you, right? But I'm gonna be able to find someone who can. So I'm gonna see you guys next week. Love you. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. Please head over to lunchlearnpod.com where you'll get the most recent episodes as well as today's show notes for your listening and viewing pleasure. And like always, depending on where you're listening this to, please subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes sent directly to you. And we are at all of your favorite podcast listening stations, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen and empower yourself to take control of your health. And we'll see you next week.